Hello friends, I'm Alexis Ackerfeld and welcome to the Mom Life Podcast. I'm a mom and a holistic nutritionist specializing in fertility nutrition. This podcast is all about motherhood, everything from fertility to pregnancy to postpartum and mom life. I'll talk about my own experiences with motherhood as well as nutrition tips that will help empower you on your fertility and pregnancy journey. We'll also hear from other inspiring moms and experts in fertility, postpartum support, parenting specialists, and more. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's jump into the episode. So I'm very excited to have Kim Marshall here on the podcast today. Kim and I actually go way back. We met through mutual friends many years ago. And Kim is a parenting coach and education consultant. Uh, She teaches other parents, um, sorry, others to parent with intention and purpose so that their home life can feel more peaceful and connected. And so welcome, Kim. Welcome to the Mom Life Podcast. Uh, To kick things off, um, it would be great if you could sort of introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, For those of uh, our listeners that don't already know you, share a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and a little bit about your story. Mm -hmm, Perfect. Hey, thanks for having me, Alexis. So I am a parenting coach, and I am also a mother of two girls, nine and six years old. And I am a teacher. I had a 15-year teaching career in education. And at the beginning of the pandemic, my husband and I, who were both classroom teachers, decided to make a big change and take a leap of faith. And we moved our family from the GTA to Halifax for more space, more freedom, more spaciousness, you know, in you know, physical and emotional spaciousness. So I took my skill set as a teacher um, and my passion for really uplifting families and built a business online to serve families and children internationally so that they can, you know, really access high quality tools and resources that help them feel empowered because parenting is hard. It is hard work and it can be confusing and it can be overwhelming and there's a lot of noise in the space. So I love to um, just connect with families about really simple, easy, conscious tools that they can implement in the moments of life to feel really good. Fantastic. So there's like so many things I want to ask you and talk about, but let's start with um, your move from the GTA Toronto uh, to Halifax in Canada. Yeah, so you mentioned just more space sort of physically and emotionally. Can you um, sort of expand on that and, and talk a little bit more, more about that and what that move kind of looked like for your family? What have you kind of, kind of noticed like since the move? Um, did it kind of accomplish, you know, what, what you hoped for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I won't bury the lead. We love it out here. And we feel super happy about our decision and won't be coming back. This is home now. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we just got to this place where we felt really stuck. I mean, we were in the first lockdown. Everybody was really stuck. Um, We were in a tiny town home, had two great jobs. And I was just like, this cannot be 
my life. Like this cannot be it. Mm. We were teaching online. I was teaching five-year-olds on the computer. It broke my heart. Mm -hmm. I didn't align with the way that the school system felt um, during that time. And I also had two really young children and I wanted to like save their childhood and protect them. So that was a big factor um, in just like what can be next. Like it was a just a really good catalyst to move us into a direction that felt really good. We got very clear on our core family values. During that time, we realized how much time, um, how much we loved spending time together and how much we loved being outside. And so I was like, we have to create a life that can give us these things. Like we only have one chance. And I was working um, at a really great job um, and I was really delivering a, a top program for all these other children <laughs> and coming home exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to walk my kids to school. I wanted to go on the field trips with them. I wanted more creativity and I wanted more control over my life. And so I found a way to do that. And I found a way to show up in in my profession in a way that is very expansive. Um, you know, teaching is an amazing job, but there's a ceiling there. It's very, mm -hmm. it's this, it's like a small box and I loved it. And I thought I would be doing it for the rest of my life. But now I know I was, you know, led to, to do more and have a bigger impact. And I am absolutely positive that everything that happened in my life led me to this moment. I am mm -hmm. absolutely certain in my core that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can hear like, it makes my, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, totally. You're very passionate. Um, yeah, I feel it in my whole body. Mm -hmm. So now I get to show up and be the parent that I want to be. And I get to walk my kids to school every day. And I get to come home and support families internationally online and that's just like the jackpot for me. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, it sounds amazing. And I'm so glad you were able to really create like a career that just fit your, you know, desired lifestyle, as well as like the skills you had um, as a have, I should say, as a parent, as well as an educator. So I was curious, like how, like, how do you use your prior experience as a teacher in your current role as a parenting coach and um, educational, sorry, how do you refer to it? Educational consultant? Yeah, exactly. So I have studied child development and I have spent 15 years watching children learn and play and grow and socialize and thrive. And I have this lens that I can access and share with families so that they can better understand their children and sometimes that looks like you know just changing our expectation for children sometimes it's about our language and the way that we talk and communicate and connect with children understanding them having mind sight about what's happening inside their brain and their body and their heart 
helps parents understand and it normalizes a lot of the mess that people feel. Yeah. And parents are doing an incredible job and trying their best every single day. So why not make it a little bit easier? Why not share some of the things that I've learned that make learning and playing and connecting um, accessible to everybody? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And yeah, it's like, almost like as a parent, a little bit of like a mindset shift, shift, would you say like, when we have such high expectations of, of anyone, of course, like whether it be a child or, you know, someone else in your life, when those expectations are meant are not met, there is a certain level of disappointment. But like, we can't, we can't expect like, my son is two, like, I can't expect a two year old to, um, you know, act like a 10 year old, like, that's just, he's not there developmentally like he's two <laughs> so I think that that is really important to kind of shift the mindset and kind of what you expect of children they're children and let's like let them be children <laughs> exactly. yeah it's all about the mindset and it's all about the inner work that we have the opportunity to do as parents because being a parent is and can be very triggering a lot of things come up for us and in that moment, it's just an opportunity for us to reflect on why that's happening and, you know, what we can do on ourselves so that, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's really less about changing the child's behavior and more about changing the environment or the way that we perceive a situation. So, yeah, you just talked about your son who's two and like, if we treat a child or expect them to be older or younger than they really are they feel in disharmony inside of themselves and so that disharmony can look like bad behavior it can look like rudeness it can look like dysregulation so just supporting parents so that they can meet their child where they're at and create more harmony will increase flow in the home and joy and ease mm -hmm. yeah it totally makes sense because I have I have read a lot of things about like you know the way like a two-year-old might react when they want something that you know you don't want to give them you know we call that a tantrum but like we have to sort of support them through that that's just the only way that they know how to react but it, it's all about how we react to that, right? Like you spoke about the inner work and that it's not so much about changing the behavior of the child, but more so, um, you know, how how we handle it and how we react and, and the inner work that we do as parents. I don't know if you can sort of expand on that a little bit more. Like, how does that look when you work with parents in terms of doing the inner work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is called parenting. It is not called childing. This is this is the work that we have. And it's a tremendous responsibility, but it's also a huge opportunity. And conscious parents who are here for it, right? Like, let's open up our awareness. Let's open up, how do I want to say it? Like, let's open up the potential for us to meet our children at that level. Um, it really comes down to how are we wired because the way we were parented is the way that we're going to parent. So 
a lot of parents will come to me and they will say, you know, my kid just, you know, won't listen, gets upset all the time, so rude, you know, a lot of emotional disease. And that's when we get to look with them you know, a magnifying glass at like, what is the emotional health of the whole home? Because let's understand children are supposed to push back. Let's understand that, you know, this is normal. You are not doing anything wrong. They are not bad. They are not broken. You are not broken. No one needs to be fixed. So let's just sit in that. Let's create emotional health. Where does that start? That starts with you. Like, are you okay with your big feelings, mom or dad? Because if you're not okay with your own big feelings, how could you possibly be okay with your child's? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did how did you grow up? It's a it's a cycle of reparenting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that this like reparenting term I've seen this a lot on on Instagram and I've seen people talk about it can you talk a little bit more about about that like what what does reparenting mean if you were just to describe that term sort of in like a one sentence for someone to understand Mm -hmm. well to me it means breaking cycles it means stopping generational trauma it means looking at the way that we were treated and you know the way that many people in in our age group pushed down emotions or didn't feel seen or heard and now we know more about children than we ever have before mm-hmm. and so bringing that consciousness to say no like i can do better i want to do it differently i'm going to change that pattern is reparenting it's looking at the science of nervous system and attachment science so that we can show up for ourselves at a new level and as a result showing up for our kids in different ways than our parents did Mm -hmm. yeah totally and then you mentioned conscious parenting so I think you've kind of touched on this but like how would you like how do you view conscious parenting Yeah, so for me, conscious parenting is an awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's a spectrum of consciousness, right? Like you're not conscious or not conscious. Like everybody can step into that role and become more intentional, more present in creating the relationship, creating the life, creating the connection and the dynamic within the home just Mm -hmm. sort of being the facilitator of it and and knowing that there's so much that's in our control yeah yeah I think a lot of it is being aware of yeah what what can you control and what can you not control like you may not be able to control the way your child reacts to a certain situation but you can control how you react to that Mm. that reaction (laughs) and how you deal with it yeah, that's something I'm trying to be really aware of too. Like it's it's hard. It's definitely hard. Like when you're a parent and you're sleep deprived and busy, perhaps have a de- have a demanding job or other things going on in your life. And you know, I experience this sometimes with bedtime routine. Like Rowan is at a stage where getting to sleep is just a process. Last night he didn't go to sleep until 11:30. Like he was in his crib from 
nine until 1130 and was just every five minutes like mama this mama that (laughs) and you know you just you get to the end of your rope a little bit you're like oh just go to sleep but you have to really like I know for me I have to like really like take a deep breath and be like okay like this is not him like acting out or like trying to like it's just funny because he tries to like negotiate he's like four grapes like he wants four grapes or like some chips or last night it was that he had to go to the potty and he he's not potty trained. So like, I was like, I know that that's not actually what you need right now. And you know, you're just kind of like, oh, <laughs> but it's like, how do you react? Yeah. Like maybe that's like a nice example. I don't know if you can speak to like, even in that kind of situation, like how, how you would sort of walk your clients through dealing with that kind of thing where there's just like that battle. <laughs> yeah. I would coach someone to sidestep the battle so that we can respond instead of react to certain things. And that back and forth that you just described, like it is so frustrating and it is a dance between let's make sure your needs are met and let's make sure my needs are met. And that's okay. Like we can actually do both. I really believe that in order for a family unit to thrive and for a home to be functioning, everybody's needs to be met, needs need to be met. It's not about sacrificing everything. It's really about honoring ourselves and this deep level of self-care because it is hard work. It is hard work to show up in a way that feels really good for our child. And it's also really hard work for it to go the other way too, and for chaos. So it's like, what kind of work do we want? So yeah, there's so many nuances, but basically like just the power struggle that you were just talking about, I would really talk to the child about their needs and I would play that game a little bit, but then I would put a firm and loving boundary down because it's your job as the parent you know, to create an environment for sleep. Obviously you can't make someone sleep, but that's showing me that Rowan is so ready to show you his autonomy and step into his independence and really be a person outside of you. Like he has a voice now and he knows that he can make his own choices. So two is a tricky age. Three, I mean, they're all... Our children are, you know, wild. We want them to be spirited. We want them to have opinions. We want them to have emotions. But we also don't want it to, like, hijack everything that we're doing all day long. So there's, like, a fine balance. Yeah, that's that's super helpful, actually. Actually, like, I was really trying to set some boundaries last night, you know. Like, I try and say to him, you know, you don't have to go to sleep right away, but you're staying in your crib. It's bedtime. Like read your book, that kind of thing. So I'm really trying to, to set those boundaries, but it's, it's definitely hard sometimes. So yeah, you talked a little bit about how, how you help parents in that kind of situation. So I was just curious, like, what does it look like uh, working with you? Like if someone went to your website and kind of saw the offers that you have um, and services, like how, sort of in like what format or like what kind of services do you offer and and what does it look like working with you? Yeah, so a great place to get started is always a discovery call. I love to 
meet families and hear about what is going well and where they're feeling stuck. And um, I do have one-on-one -on -one containers where we meet over Zoom for six weeks and dive into the parenting goal, um, which is a highly transformative experience. It's very intimate. We have one hour on Zoom every week. I take notes in a Google Doc that is shared. And you also get text support, which is amazing because parents kind of need that person in their back pocket to like run things by or like debrief the day with. So that can feel really good. And I also have group coaching containers. So I have um, a village mastermind where we meet weekly. It is a group of conscious moms who are just really seeking support and um, an expansive experience around normalizing motherhood, a place to ask questions, a place to feel seen and heard, and also a conscious entrepreneur um, mastermind. I have an Evolve mastermind also weekly. Those are quarterly containers. And so I love, um, I love serving people in different ways. Inside of that, I also have some workshops and self-led courses. So for those masterminds, are those more so just kind of like a group for support and it's kind of like everyone contributes like, you know, when they have questions and, and sort That's of right. um, in a group group setting. That's right, <laughs> we just have a little visitor here <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, like, can you explain a little bit more how that works? Like, it's more sort of like a sharing of experience that everyone kind of participates in. Yeah. Yeah, so the village is like a women's circle where we gather once a week and I start off with a grounding moment where we can just, you know, anchor in to that level of connection and self-care. You know, people are dedicating themselves and their families and sometimes I'll open with a reading or I will do a journaling activity just to get people thinking about something and then we go through the group and yeah, round table. Anyone can ask any question. It's a really safe space where you can get parenting advice from me and also input from the other women, which feels really supportive for people. And um, it's a really nice place for often what happens is people work with me for those six weeks and graduate into the group coaching container. So it's a nice kind of like maintenance mode. Yeah, that sounds like really great, especially like in today's day and age, post COVID when like I imagine during COVID, this would have actually been like an amazing <laughs> container to have had access to, especially for someone like me who had a child during COVID during lockdown and <laughs> wasn't able to kind of join, you know, those like mom, mom groups you hear people talk about where you like meet at the park and that kind of thing. So I'm just curious, how long does that uh, container last for or do you have like different yeah like how does that work like the timing yeah yeah so it runs three times a year um, so right now we're in fall September October November we'll be starting up again January February March and then April May June we take the summer off and um, a lot of people re-enroll it's very popular yeah that's how it works I also extend Voxer support for um, my mastermind. So 
Um, that's just like a texting app where people can jump in between the calls and ask questions or um, seek support. One of the ways that I can add a lot of value to people is because of my background in education, I can uplift the home life aspect, but also the school life aspect. So I can add insight on how to navigate conversations with schools, teachers, social concerns, academic concerns. Um, so home and light, home and school and kind of everything in between. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So correct me if I'm wrong, but our listeners can find more information about your village mastermind on your website. Yes. Um, also on Instagram, I'm more active at updating Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah. DM me and I will give you the information. There's a wait list right now for January. Um, and everything, everything's on my website too. Okay. And I, I will include your website in the show notes so that people can easily, and your Instagram, um, easily navigate to those. And then you're, you talked a little bit about your Evolve Mastermind for Conscious Entrepreneurs. Um, so sort of, is that sort of like a similar format? Um, and then my question was also, is that, is there sort of like a focus of the type of entrepreneur? Is that all entrepreneurs or like in a specific area? Yeah, so this round, it's it's brand new. And this round, I'm focusing on teachers who are in their second career. So I had so much um, success with a second career. And there's a lot of burnout in the industry right now. And a lot of people have left teaching. So I started Evolve to support the teachers that were reaching out to me and saying, how did you do that? And can I do that? And so it's really teachers or any anyone in the first two years of business who want to increase their impact in helping children and families. So businesses that are related to um, business and families. And I just love to share my knowledge and expertise on everything that I've learned over the last two years and deliver that in a really simple way for people to be able to also step into their power and run businesses that allow them to share their gifts with the world. Yeah, I imagine that uh, you're able to draw on your experience from moving from being a teacher to an entrepreneur um, is quite helpful for, um, you know, sharing that with the entrepreneurs that are in that, in that mastermind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. A lot of things set me up for success. I mean, teachers are generally pretty self-motivated, type A, organized. Yeah, it works out really well. I, I love it. I love what I do and I love to help other people also step into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely can hear the passion in your voice around, you know, everything that you're doing. And um, I didn't say this in the beginning, but definitely very inspiring uh, your story around, you know, following, following your heart and your desires and creating that life for yourself and for your family. And, and I mean, obviously a move like the one that you made from Toronto, like city life in Toronto to Halifax, which, you know, for anyone on the call who's never been there, like it's, it's a city still, but it's a much, much, much smaller city, much, you know, more chill vibe. So it's, it's, that's definitely a big, big change and adjustment. 
And I was just curious, I know you spoke about sort of tools that you, you know, support your clients with, are there any of those tools that you use and teach your clients that you kind of used in that transition of moving your family sort of from Toronto, busy Toronto, like hustle bustle life to to that, that life that you are creating in Halifax? Yeah, I mean, everything I teach, I've lived. I don't teach anything that I haven't experienced and tried with myself and with other people. Any big transition requires a certain amount of consciousness because it's a change. It's just shift for our head and our heart and our body. And so I use a lot of transition strategies for families who move like we did, but also new baby, new school, divorce, death, any major change requires a moment for us to kind of sit in that and develop a plan that's going to support our nervous system. So what did I do for my kids and my family before we moved? We simplified as much as we possibly could and we stayed true to our hearts. We talked to our kids a lot about the decisions that we're making in an appropriate way, in an age appropriate way, um, leaving out details that they don't need to know and details that might weigh heavy on their hearts. We protect them emotionally that way. And we are quite positive in our mindset. Once we did move and came to Halifax, we had them involved in a lot of things and we spent a lot of time together so that we could anchor into very much like grounding rituals and things that they could find comfort in. We always want to be comforted during times of transition. Um, We always want some element of familiarity inside of newness. So How do we do that? We do that with each other and finding new traditions and new things to do. And also just a lot of emotional hygiene, just letting my kids be sad, especially our seven-year-old at the time had roots, had relationships, had friendships. That was hard for her. That was hard for her for a long time. It's so much better now, but It's okay to sit in all of that. I let her feel those feelings. And so we lived it. And um, you don't have to make big changes like that to find happiness and find flow in your life. But I do believe that everyone has the opportunity to help themselves. It's never too late to make changes and to step into the driver's seat. And I also believe, a core belief for me is that we can get in our own way. If we realize the opportunity that we have to step into um, the control that we have and the opportunity that we have to lead a life that feels good, um, whatever that means for you, right? You get to decide how you want to parent. There's no one way to do it. There's no right way to do it. And that's the beautiful experience that is Hard to navigate, but easy to navigate if we can really simplify things and clear out a lot of noise and get confident in making decisions that feel good for you. Whatever that looks like, it it does get to feel good. 
I did want to ask you a little bit about your toy detox masterclass and playroom design course, sort of shifting gears a little bit there. The reason I'm asking is because I feel like I am very overwhelmed by Rowan's toys. And I imagine that that's the reason why you've uh, designed these courses. I, I love the idea of toy rotation. I don't have personally a lot of storage space to actually do that. Um, but I look at Rowan's toys and I can tell that like he doesn't engage as much with his toys when there are so many out. Um, so I do strongly believe in the toy rotation process and that approach, but I struggle <laughs> because of storage and just like time and, and being organized, like to be totally honest. But um, I do always have like sort of on my mental to-do list to kind of like go through his toys and maybe even just give away the ones, donate the ones, you know, that he doesn't play with anymore. But can you touch a little bit on the toy detox masterclass and playroom design and, and what those courses are about? For sure. Yeah. The toy detox masterclass was something I did uh, this time last year, actually, I'll probably rerun it around Black Friday because as we approach fall, winter and, you know, consumerism hits us and families want to spoil children, it's really important that we are clear on what's important to us and what is actually serving the child. And the Hi, buddy. <laughs> If his toys overwhelm you, his toys also overwhelm him. Mm. Children are highly sensitive and they don't need as much as we think they do. More is not more. Less is more. And so how can we scale back? How can we really choose the things that are coming into our home that serve multiple purposes and how can we maintain a beautiful space that is inviting and that, you know, two is young, but like starting at three or four years old, a child should be able to engage in independent play. And the way we can foster that is through a really, you know, a beautifully curated environment that is set up for success. So again, I taught kindergarten for a very long time and I can say firsthand that there's some things that work and some things that are of detriment to them. So let's just, again, do what we can. And in our circle of control, like our homes are, are such a place that um, we can really, we can really do that. Like we can do that. We can't control the daycare or the school, but we can give our child or our children like this safe place to land and how are they using that space in the morning and the evening and on weekends and how can we make it optimal for their learning so that they feel like they can do their work work play is really the work of the child so we want to set up a space where they can grow in their autonomy grow in their social skills creative thinking and all of the things like they can develop in all areas through play. So it's a huge opportunity. And sometimes it's a missed opportunity um, because like you said, it's, it is a little bit of a mind shift. We have to, we have to think about it, but through my toy detox masterclass, I talk about my favorite toys and tools and why you may not need something like the plastic kitchen that, the world tells you you, you you should have or 
you think you need. And I was going to release my play and playroom course last year. That didn't happen because we ended up homeschooling. So that'll be coming out very soon, probably December. Uh, I'm going to be teaching families all about how to curate beautiful spaces in their home. And it usually doesn't mean going out to buy new things. It usually means what do we remove? Um, what do we take out of the space? How do we set it up so that it's independent and it's accessible and our children know how to navigate it and what to do, how to clean up, all of those things. I have experience with Waldorf, Montessori, and Reggio inspired spaces. So yeah, I, I walk you through how to create play, how to facilitate play, how to play with your child, how to build independent play, because both are important. How to be more playful as a parent, right? Just in our day-to-day -day existence, and also how to set up a space in your home that is intentionally created for your child. Fantastic. Well, you have so many amazing courses and offerings that I know I'm myself very interested in, and I'll be checking out your website. Um, I'm definitely interested in the Toy Detox Masterclass, but even, um, you know, like your Village Mastermind um, sounds like amazing support for moms, conscious parents. So I know I will be looking into your courses. I will be linking uh, all of the information on how to find Kim and Kim's website and Instagram to find out more in the show notes. Um, we are running out of time, but I did want to, I like to end the podcast with just your favorite um, mom hack or life hack? Sure, absolutely. So every morning when I wake up, I take care of myself by turning on three things. I turn on my coffee maker, my Sonos music, and my diffuser. And I know that when I set the tone in my home for me to feel good, that I will radiate a higher level of energy and empathy for my kids because ultimately they mirror back how I'm feeling. So that's something that I do every day. It doesn't always work, but it does help us a whole lot. I love that. I need to use my diffuser more, but I love that you've incorporated that into your day. Like I think it's called habit stacking, right? Like if you just, um, I've been learning about this recently where you like stack a new habit onto a current habit. So mm -hmm. that's like a really great way to kind of incorporate that new habit for anyone that's interested turn on your coffee maker and then go put on your diffuser and, and music, and music. yes happy. yeah yes yeah that's that's definitely a good point um well thank you so much kim for joining us today this has been an amazing chat i actually wish we had more time to dig into a lot of this more but i'll just have to have you back i think because i think there's just mm -hmm. so much that we could talk about and i feel like we kind of scratch the surface a little bit on all of these different topics but there's definitely I'm sure you could agree like more we could talk about and, and dig deeper in a lot of these things but I did want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today thank you for your patience um with the interruptions with Rowan today for those of you listening my son has been home from daycare sick with a cold and an ear infection so 
Kim has been very patient. And I think it was almost like very appropriate <laughs> that it was on this podcast recording that this all happened. So thank yeah. you. Thank you, Kim. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And I would love to come back anytime. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Go check out the link in my Instagram bio at Alexis Wellness to download your free guide to five things you can implement today to protect your egg supply. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. I would really love to hear your feedback. Talk to you soon.